Thank you guys, man. It's good to be here. Um, it, it's always a pleasure to come here and speak. Uh, just the relationships that I've built with a couple of you guys, it's so good uh, to be back. Um, this is a crazy time <laughs> and all around us, if I think we can all agree on that. Um, so this morning, I just want to talk about uh, the true hope, one hope, if you will, um, hope in Jesus. So like I just said, I get the opportunity to work with Love the Lou mentorship, discipleship uh, with young men and women who pretty much have no grid for Jesus. They have no grid for church. There is no church etiquette and things like that. And the message of hope is always on our lips because we are it for them. They, they, are, they have traumatic backgrounds. A lot of them are suffering from PTSD in their own right, um, from family members that they have literally had to pull the drug needle out of their arms, to their friends getting shot and dying in their arms. Um, these kids are, have your typical traumatic story, and there is no hope. And so what Love the Lou and myself, we get to come in and we, uh, we get to be that hope. We get to be that light in the darkness. Um, absolutely nothing, absolutely nothing is going to fix what's going on in our culture, in our society, uh, except Jesus. All right? I don't care about, well, let me say it this way. <laughs> Got to watch my words. Be, because I'm so, like, geared on the gospel, I'm so geared on Jesus, I don't rely on an, an elected official. I don't rely on a bill or a law that's going to get passed. You understand what I'm saying? I, I, I can't rely on that stuff. Nothing is going to solve the issues that you and I are going through in our own personal lives but Jesus. Think about it. Every other solution that we tend to fall back on, that's just a quick fix. It lasts but a moment. You know, that alcohol, that drink, that sometimes you're going to come down at some point. That's, that's, it's okay to be real in here this morning? Okay. I just want to make sure I know where I'm at. Because that's the only way I know how to be. The, the stuff that we're leaning to and running to outside of Jesus, that stuff is just a quick fix. Nothing is sustaining outside of Jesus. He is the real hope. So in your own life, how do you define hope? What is, what is the definition that you're going by? Because I got this one. This is, this is a really cool one. This says, the feeling that what is wanted can be had, or the events will turn out for the best. Another definition reads, a person or thing in which expectations are centered. So for me, that person is Jesus. My expectations and my things, my life, is centered on Jesus Christ, uh, all the things that he's done for me in my own life. So what comes to mind when I say Jesus is our hope? Hopefully you're thinking about the completeness of Jesus, not just the, the stuff that he's done. Not just the, it's, it's not just a little fairy tale thing that I'm talking about. He is our hope. And so we got to take all of his works all of his deeds, we got to take all of, the, all of the teachings that he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life, all that stuff. We got to take the miracles. You got to take everything, the complete makeup of Jesus, that's where our hope lies. In a nutshell, here's what we need to say. My hope is in the, the assurance or guarantee of my salvation. 
Lenny can't save himself. He tried it, failed. All it did was keep me in Clayton County courtroom multiple times and tell him no myself. So I've, I've tried to figure it out my way, and it didn't work. And so now my, my hope is in Jesus. The assurance of my salvation rests on Jesus. Check out this scripture, Hebrews 6, 19 and 20 says, This hope is like a firm and steady anchor for our souls. In fact, hope reaches behind the curtain and into the most holy place. Jesus has gone there ahead of us, and he is our high priest forever. So you, you, me, the people that we're running into on a daily basis, our family, we, we have to look at Jesus as our own personal anchor in our lives. He's, he's our support. He's our security. He's our stability, our mainstay, our protection. So, I mean, we don't have an anchor here, but we all know what it is, that heavy object that drops down in the middle of the water, keeping that boat safe. It's preventing that boat, that ship, that vessel from being moved and tossed all around. It provides a firm hold. Or think of it this way. I got, you know, like I said, I got four little kiddos when they were starting learning out how to swim. It's like that safety vest, you know? And it's, it's like my, when they were young, my, especially, especially my second daughter, Lee. It's like she had the vest on, but it doesn't matter. She's not going. But my son, Cross, that joker wouldn't have the vest on, and he's going, I'm like, whoa, boy, come back. Got to put the vest on. So it, it's that thing where it's a safety security, and then Cross is like, I got, the, I got the vest. That means I can jump off the diving board, Daddy? Yeah, you better not take that vest off. All right? You can go off the diving board, keep that vest on. Guys, jump off the diving board because you got the vest on. You got Jesus with you. you got, he is the hope. He is our mainstay. You can remain steadfast when Jesus says over in John eleven twenty five, 25, I am the resurrection and the source of all life. Those who believe in me will live even in death. You can bank on that. That's where our hope lies. All of us in here, as well as out there, can rest in that hope. All right? Here's another piece of scripture, 1 Peter 1 and 3. It says, praise the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God has given us a new birth because of his great mercy. We have been born into a new life that has a hope or confidence, which is alive because Jesus Christ has come back to life. Now, you, we have that, you and I, anybody else that we bring into the kingdom, the, the gospel, now we have to live this thing out. Now it's time for us to actually believe and know that we can do this thing. Once again, can't rely on myself. You have to get to a place where you are living this thing out and you're acting on it, all right? So how do we do that? Real fast, I want to look at the scripture, the story about when, when Peter walks on water with Jesus. And I know we've, we've heard it many and many a times, but I'm telling you, something like leaped off the pages when I was going through this story again. And I was like, yeah, I got to use this. This is ridiculous. Peter's out. This is Matthew 14. Jesus and the, the disciples just got done doing some crazy miracles, feeding folks, crazy ministry work. And Jesus sends the disciples like over across the way to another spot. They had to take the boat, get over here. But he stays back to pray. So he's not with the disciples. And all of a sudden, here comes a storm. 
The disciples are out. They're going to where Jesus is telling them to go. And all of a sudden, they just get hit with a storm. The boat is, is rocking to and fro. Waves are crashing. It's getting tossed around. Thunder and lightning. Boom, boom, crash, crash. And all of a sudden, there's Jesus standing out on the water like, He's just standing there. And then verse 25 and 28 of Matthew 17, 25 through 28 says, At about four o'clock in the morning, Jesus came to them walking on the waves. When the disciples saw him walking on top of the water, they were terrified and screamed, It's a ghost! Then Jesus said, Be brave and don't be afraid. I am here. Peter shouted, shouted out, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. There's two things I want to point out with this. Here's the first thing. Man, have confidence. Have confidence. Have confidence in God. Have confidence in who he is. And then have confidence in who you are. All right? Some of us got to get a, a, a different view of who we are, who we are in Christ. Jesus shows up in the midst of a storm, the middle of chaos, the disciples see him with their own eyes, and they immediately think it's a ghost. It's like, what? They are seeing Jesus with their own eyes. Look at verse 27 again. They're seeing him with their own eyes, and they think it's a ghost. But here's what Jesus said. Be brave, and don't be afraid. I am here. That, that's all we need right there. That's all you and me need to focus on. Be brave. Don't be afraid. I'm here. Like I said earlier, my confidence can't be in myself. Lenny is going to fail. Lenny is going to drop the ball. He's going to let you down. He's going to blow it. I'm going to miss the mark. I'm going to say the wrong thing. Hopefully not today. I'm going to mess it up. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to fumble the ball. So I can't, I can't rely on myself. There are endless pieces of scripture that tell us to not worry and to not be afraid and, and don't worry about the things that we're going to face. God knows everything and anything that you and I are going to go through right now and the stuff that we're going to go through in the future. Nothing is going to catch him off guard. It is never going to be a situation where he looks at you and, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening right now. Nothing is going to catch God off guard. He knows. Alpha, omega, beginning, end. He, he just knows. So my thing, my push for all of us in here is know who we are in Christ. We have to. You are the head and not the tail. You are more than an overcomer. That piece of scripture jacks me up. I'm like, wait a minute, more than an overcomer? What? And my uncle breaks it down like this. He's like, well, it's, it's like a, a guy who's about to go through a fight. He goes through all the training, the months and months, the endless training in the gym, the diet. He's doing everything that he knows to do to get ready for this fight. The sacrifice, the punches to the body, the sparring, the wrapping of the ankles, the wrapping of the wrists and the hands. He's literally putting his body through torture all for this fight. The fight comes around without a shadow of a doubt, knocks him out. Ding, 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 ding. It's over. He wins the belt. And he's going home. Baby, I did it. Baby, I did it. I got the fight. And his wife is sitting there like, great job. Good job, baby. Where's the check? You understand what I'm saying? The wife did nothing. She didn't take the beating. 
She didn't, she didn't change her diet. <laughs> she wasn't waking up at 4 o'clock in the morning running around the block. But guess what? She got the benefits of it. More than an overcomer. That's how we have to picture this thing. We are more than overcomers. You are healed. You are set free. You do not have to live with anxiety and depression and all of those things. You are redeemed. You are free. You are forgiven. And in my opinion, Peter's confidence is evident in the response to Jesus. Be brave. Don't be afraid. I'm here. And Peter, I don't know if it's just Peter being Peter or if... The Holy Ghost, like boldness, jumped on him or something. But he literally says in verse 28, Lord, if it's really you, then have me join you on the water. <laughs> like, what kind of prayer is that? Why would you even think to say something like that? Who prays that? You understand what I'm saying? Notice what he didn't pray. Lord, if it's really you, cause this storm to stop. Lord, if it's really you, just have it sprinkle a little bit because all this tossing to and fro, that's too much, bro. Lord, if it's really you, just bring the sun out. Like, make this stuff stop. That probably would have been my prayer. I'm just being honest. Hey, man, I don't really like getting wet right now. Stop this. Like, you Jesus, come on, fix it. But there's something in that. There's something in that. He didn't say anything close to that. Jesus, if it's really you, Jesus, if you, if, if you are truly Lord and Savior, let me join you in the middle of the storm. <sighs> That's powerful. That is heavy. Lord, if it's really you, let me join you. Here's the second thing. First thing, don't uh, is have confidence. Here's the second thing: don't lose focus. Don't lose focus. Verses thirty and thirty-one says, "So he's out there, Lord. If it's really you, let me join you. Let me join you in the middle of the storm." And Jesus is like, "All right, come on, bro." Peter's like, "For real? <laughs> okay." <laughs> Okay, okay, oh, okay. And he, he's going and going. And then look at verse 30 and 31. But when he realized how high the waves were, he became frightened, started to sink. Save me, Lord, he cried out. Jesus immediately stretched out his hand and lifted him up and said, why little faith? What little faith you have? Why would you let that win? And at first glance reading this, I'm thinking to myself, Peter, are you serious, bro? Are, are you serious? You, you are literally standing on top of the water with Jesus. Why would you get fearful? Dude, you just fed thousands less than 24 hours ago with Jesus. Now you are literally standing on top of water with him. Why, why would you be afraid? Why would you get fearful? But it's easy for me and you to do the same thing. We have Jesus on our side. He has shown up in our lives time after time after time. And then all of a sudden, something happens in our life, disaster hits, and it causes us to lose focus of Jesus. We start focusing on the issue instead of the one who's, who can get us out of the issue. 
And because hard times are unavoidable, right? We're all going to go through it. Nobody is, nobody is exempt from this thing. Life is full of curveballs. It's full of challenges. There's some things in our lives that we are just going to have to go through. I don't, know, I don't know why you have to go through what you're going through. It's just stuff that we are going to have to get through. Notice I didn't say get over. There's some things that are happening to us. We are not going to get over it. And I don't feel bad in saying that. Life is, is, a, is a mess at times. And we just have to figure out, man, how to get through it. How do I continue? There's no way in getting around it. We just got to trust in God and trust the fact that he's going to save us. He's going to deliver us. Some of us got some real family issues going on right now. Some of us are literally looking at our kids like, Jesus, I'm about to give them back to you. (laughs) I'm making light of it. But some of us got some real heavy stuff going on. Some of us got some family members, and it's like, Jesus, are you can you at least heal them, please? Come on, man, I know you can do it. Some of us got some stuff going on with our spouses, our kids, our jobs, our schools. Shift really, really needs to take place. The atmosphere needs to change. We need some questions answered. And it's truly possible, but only with God. Who knows what the next couple of months are going to look like? Are we ever going to get back to normal? Who knows? I can't focus on the storm. Can't focus on the storm. Because if I start focusing on the storm, I start sinking. I start losing. I start getting fearful. Can't focus more on the storm because Jesus is asking, why would you let doubt win? Why would you let doubt win? So I don't have all the answers. I don't have an answer to the chaos that's all around us. I don't have an answer for it. I don't know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. I don't know if your classes are ever going to meet back in person. I don't know if the bills are going to get paid, if the family member is going to get healed. I don't know if you're going to make the car note, the, the, the rent. I don't know. All I know is that the safest place that I can be is right next to Jesus. That's it. The safest place you and I can be is right next to Jesus. Lord, if it's really you, let me join you in the storm, bro. All right, come on. And we just got to make sure we're touching elbows with Jesus. Waves crashing all around us, thunder, lightning, the boats getting tossed to and fro. Let me just stand here next to you, Jesus. I don't have the answers. I ain't got it. I don't know if my child is coming back home. I don't know if my dad is going to get free of alcoholism. I don't know if my mom is going to ever stop using dope. If my uncle ever stops shooting up heroin. I don't know. But the safest place I can be is right next to you. It's the attitude we got to take. That's the attitude we're pushing on these young people that we're dealing with. Stay next to Jesus. Here's the last thing. You look at verses 32 through 33. It says, and the very moment they, 
Peter and Jesus, the moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. (laughs) The moment they both stepped into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Listen, stay next to Jesus. Walk with Jesus. Let him set the pace. Don't try to outrun him. (laughs) Understand what I'm saying? Let Jesus set the pace. All you got to do is stay next to him. Because the moment they stepped back into into the boat, the raging wind ceased. Then all the disciples bowed down before him and worshiped Jesus. They said in adoration, you are truly the son of God. Here's the last thing I want to leave you with. Do your best to surround yourself with some like-minded people. Do your best to surround yourself with some folks that will walk with you through the storm and that's going to pray for you, that's going to motivate you, that will give you some sound advice, not no stupid advice because they stuck in the same rut. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Misery loves company. And it's like we got to do our best to surround ourselves with some like-minded folks that are trying to, and heading in the same direction as you that's going to push and motivate you, not get jealous. Hello? Like, seriously, we have to do a better job of giving hope to each other. We got to do a better job of giving hope to each other. Look at, listen to this verse real fast, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 11. Therefore, encourage each other. And strengthen one another. I don't think enough of that is going on. Sometimes you're you're just going to have to look at a loved one and remind them of who they are. Remind them who their God is. Remind them to be strong. Stop listening to Oprah or whoever is on the TV. Crack your Bible open and let's let's get some encouragement in that. I don't care what social media is saying. What is the Lord saying? Sometimes we just got to look at our loved ones and say, amen, don't be afraid. We're good. I can remember my son, like I said, he's nine. He's a, he was about five at the time. And we live in Hazelwood. And I mean, we had a bad storm one night. It was, it was like shaking the house. <laughs> and me and my wife are kind of running around to the, to the windows, making sure stuff is secure. I'm like, man, baby, you might want to put a two by four by this one. It's getting a little rocky. I'm going to run downstairs and get this. And we're like running through the house, making sure everything is legit. And all of a sudden, we look up, and my son is, like, standing there, like, he is, he's, he's scared out of, his, out of his mind. And he's like, Mommy, Daddy, are, are we going to be okay? He's like, I can hear it. We can see it. And all I said was, Cross, that's my son's name, Cross, we're good, man. We're good. The Lord's got us. Go ahead and go back to sleep. We'll see you in the morning. You know what this little joker did? Okay. all it took. Daddy says it's okay going back to sleep. Same thing, guys. And so when our loved ones aren't hearing it, aren't feeling it, sometimes we got to just step in. Dude, it's going to be all right. You know what his word says, right? He said he's never going to leave us nor forsake us. He's going to provide. He's going to show up. We're good. We got this. Keep fighting. Come on. Don't drop your guard. He's going to keep us safe. He's going he's gonna to heal you. I'm not the anchor that's going to keep you secure, but I know who is. I can help you get to him. I, I, can't, I can't help you. 
I can't put the life jacket on for you. I mean, I can, I can help you a little bit. I'm not the life jacket. I can help you put it on. I see you stumbling a bit. Let, let, me, let me help you with your balance. Let me help you get on track. I've had those moments with an alcoholic uncle and, and showing up at his place and <laughs> literally having to take the bottle out of his hand. Unc, come on, man. You, come on, we got we to gotta do better than this. Come on, man, this ain't, this ain't living. This ain't living. Calling my dad, hey, man, Uncle Melvin's tripping again. Your, your brother's is slipping again. You, we got to do something. I remember being like 12 and like being stuck with him somewhere. Couldn't even drive. I'm like, Pop, you got to come get us, man. This, he's, he's tripping again. And we, we stayed on him. We stayed on him, man. My uncle Melvin has been set free for over 20 years. He's, he's living good in California. He's doing his thing. But we had to be that constant, consistent, encouraging word. Um, God, you, you probably ain't even hearing me right now, but I'm going to pray for you anyway. You probably ain't even going to remember this the next morning, but I'm going to pray for you anyway. And I'm, and I'm trusting God that these words are just going to penetrate your heart and mind. One of the greatest things about living this Christian life is knowing that someone is there for me, helping me fight these battles, man. Helping me when I'm losing sight, when I, when I do lose focus a little bit, when I do get discouraged, when somebody has said something crazy and it just rocks me off a little bit. I love the fact that I can seriously call Elliot and be like, hey man, I'm about to choke my boss. Need you to talk me off the ledge. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm just being real. Just being real. Bro, I had a teenager cuss me out. Can you just pray with me real fast? Dude, I'm going through this. I thank God that I got men that I can call on. Hey, man, I'm going through this with my oldest daughter. Can you, can you give me some sound advice? You had a 15-year-old. I'm new to this. Help me out. <laughs> Most of the advice, bro, welcome to teenage <laughs> You know what I mean? But I love the fact that I can call these men. We got to find us some brothers and some sisters in Christ who are ready to fight with us. All right? Here's the last thing, Joshua 1.9. This is my command, not suggestion. This is my command, not advice. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for who you are. Thank you for showing up in our lives. Thank you that you sent your son to be our salvation, to be our hope, our steady anchor, our support in this broken and fallen world. God, I thank you that you're touching our minds, you're touching our bodies, you're touching our spirits. 
to be reminded that we can trust you. We can trust you, not only in who you are, but in what you're doing and what you can do and what you're going to do. Lift up every need that's in this place right now, every concern, every worry, all stress. Lift up every concern, the families that are represented in this place right now. God, I thank you that you're solving problems. You're fixing situations. You're speaking. You're moving. You're healing. You're encouraging. Thank you that there is no fear. There is no worry. There is no stress. There is no anxiety. Thank you that you're with us in the middle of the storm. And better yet, we are with you in the middle of the storm. You're walking side by side with us. Help us when we start losing focus. Remind us of who we are. Remind us of who you are. Every situation that needs fixing, I thank you that you're doing it right now. It's being done. It's being corrected. It's being shifted. In the mighty, matchless name of Jesus, amen. Amen.